Hey friends, your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy DM Prep. In this weekly show, we go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday D&D game. In this case, I am running the hardcover adventure Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. You can help me out by becoming a patron of Sly Flourish by going to patreon.com slash slyflourish and signing up. Uh, I am also running a Kickstarter. If you are watching the show in the month of September, or I guess October, right? The last couple days of September, a little bit of October. I'm running a Kickstarter for my latest book of the Lazy DM series, The Lazy DM's Companion. The link is in the show notes below to join this Kickstarter and get a all new, brand new Lazy DM book, as well as the opportunity to get all of three books in a new format. So uh, please check that out if you will. All right, so last session, my group has been crawling their way through Grimskull, the island of Grimskull. I have a big location page for Grimskull in my Notion notebook. Once again, I am using Notion. I am using my Notion notebook to do all of my campaign planning. I love using Notion. You can see links in the show notes about how to use Notion for your campaign planning, as well as getting access to this campaign notebook if you want to see how I actually do it. So for Notion, I, I for Grimskull, I set up a great big point crawl, right? A big way for them to get from the docks to Grimskull. I thought it'd be fun for them to kind of go through this island and see stuff. And it has been fun. Lots of things happen. In fact, a character was killed last session. We will talk about that. Dead characters. My characters, the players, the characters decided to go to Shadow Storm, one of the shipwrecks on the side. There they face a bunch of ghouls. Then they ended up going to the Frost Giant Tombs, where they faced off against three Frost Giant skeletons, very big skeletons, hard fight. They beat that down, and then they saw that there was a hidden tunnel going to the Yeti Caves, but they skipped that and instead followed the bone-littered tunnel to the Dragon's Bones. There at the Dragon Bones, uh, they saw the underground river that came from the other hidden tunnel. They saw that there was like a... Some of these I changed, so I actually changed that the game path... I'm sorry, this path here, whatever that was, the path between the Dragon's Bones and the Gardens of Sculptures, that was a big open cave. They knew about what, that one. But then they did see that there was another path high up on the wall of the Dragon's Bones that led out uh, to the surface so they could see the Druid Circle. And there was a great big cleft, like a, like a big rift underground that they could sort of follow along that would take them to the effigy, the one below. They skipped that one. They skipped that one. They instead took this small crawled up on the side of the wall, went through this tunnel, narrow tunnel, came out on, on the side of a big icy mountain and looked down and saw the druid circle below, bringing their dead companion in tow. So what happened? How did somebody die? It turns out zombie dragons from Toma Beast 2, very deadly. They are deadly because, let's see, I think I have a link to the zombie dragon in here. I do. The zombie dragon is a monster from Toma Beast 2. Toma Beast 2 rocks like they they do i have a copy somewhere i think i have a copy somewhere but they they hit hard right and what really was deadly is that this zombie dragon cr10 not not crazy characters are sixth level yeah so cr 10s a little high for a legendary it wasn't even legendary right but it it breathed out with its rotting breath 55 necrotic damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful a humanoid reduced to zero by this damage dies and rises as a zombie next immediately after the dragon zombie and the initiative count we didn't have the zombie i didn't do that part that would have been really cool right but i think they grabbed the oh i should have done that oh you know what i could do it now Nah, i don't think i will because they, they want to bring the character back the player is gone like the absolute player isn't gone he player is not here this week so i might i could i could 
as a strong start, have the character come back. So what happened is Candle, who died? Candle died. They were trying to sneak around the place. They woke up the zombie dragon. They were talking. The zombie dragon demanded a sacrifice. And they're like, I'll put some blood on your altar. And they're like, no, it has to be a dead thing. It's got to be a dead person. And like, man. So they're fighting it. And they they started to attack it. And it breathed out this, this, this line of rotted breath. And it hit two characters. And one hid behind his shield and took zero because he had shield mastery or whatever. But it hit Candle and he failed to save. And it did 55 and he only has like 42 or something like that. It took him from full to dead in one, in one go. And he's like, oh, the player is a very gracious player. He was not, and he really like leaned into it. And they're like, we've got to grab him and get him out of here in one minute so we can cast Revivify on him and get him back. And so they grabbed him and they were, and the, and the dragon was appeased with the fact that somebody had died and said sacrifice, you know, it was just saying the word sacrifice over and over again. And Vi said sacrifice, like when he died, like a Mortal Kombat guy. And then they, so they grab him, they climb up through this tunnel, they're on their way out. And then a guy casts shatter on the altar and the altar explodes and the dragon goes crazy. And like, now we got a pissed off dragon in the back, but we'll just leave him. And they drag Candle out and then they, they come back out and they're in the night sky and they look up and there's a beautiful like golden aurora in the sky. You know, they look down and see the Druid Circle and I, and I joked that like, oh, you know, the, the view of what you have just takes your breath away and you find yourself just needing to take a minute to really take it all in. And they're like, we don't have a minute. I'm like, yeah, you just, you feel like you really need the time to under, like, no, we only have a minute. Right, we got a cast revivify. I'm like, yeah, but as you consider that, you're just looking at this beauty of the situation and realize you need to just pause for a minute. And they're like, don't pause for a minute. So it was very funny. Like, you know, um, they were good. Everybody was a good sport. So yeah, so Candle was killed. So they are. Let's see. We'll go back here, and they have a very angry zombie dragon behind them. So they're at the edge of the dragon's bones. There is a there is sort of a game path uh, that leads from the dragon's bones along the side of the of the rift down to the druid circle, and the druid circle is where we have three dead, three dead completely frozen druids, and then one living druid who is in fact an oni, a secret oni who's been trapped here. So they'll have some kind of fun scene there and then they can decide about where they want to go. Do they want to head to the garden of, back to the garden of sculptures? Probably not. Do they want to go to hot springs? Cause they think they might get a rest. Maybe do they want to, you know, I don't think there's a path ne- necessarily that takes them from the druid circle to the effigy, the one below. So they, they would have to go back or do they go straight to the front door of Grimskull? So that's kind of what we're talking about now. So let's get our session notes for today. So we generate a new session planning template. Wow, that was fast. It is the 26th Sunday Frostman game. We look at our characters. I think I have a few characters that are out and I can't remember who. I think Ilda is in. Ilda is a half-elf, half-goliath uh, barbarian. I think there's so... Oh, I, I did some fun... I did some fun things. We'll take a look at them. So one of the things I did this last week... What, so, oh boy, so many things. So many things to talk about. The trials, the trials of Grimskull. I've talked about these before. In the book, there are these three trials or four trials or something like that that you have to go through. I think the trials in the book are really kind of lame. There's there's timing issues that don't make sense. They're really kind of boring. Like you go and deal with barbarian tribes. I didn't I didn't really like it. So I was trying to think about what to do. And I came up with an idea that I think I really like, which is you build the trials around the backgrounds of the character specifically. You really think about the background of the character and think about what would be a hard trial for them to face. And then that is what will happen when they go into the trial, right? So really works, you know, I, I, I really like this idea. I haven't run it yet, so maybe it turns out to suck when you run it. But I really like 
how it, I like how it feels, right? So one of the things I did is I went to the, all the players. I sent notes to all 12 of my, 12, 11 of my players for two different campaigns, both of Frostmaiden. And I asked them like, what is a hard choice your character has faced in the past or, is, or you think you're gonna have to face in the future, right? That you're worried about. And I didn't expect that all the players would send anything back and I was correct, right? And that's okay. But for the ones that did, it gave me, knives right it gave me fuel for this hard choice that's going to come up in the trial i knew juliet would be happy to send me information i think she said like oh thank god you asked right and she sent me some really good stuff that Ilda is extremely motivated to help 10 town survive the endless night in order to prove that she can survive that it can survive without oral's aid if there was a sacrifice she could make that would help 10 town she would do it the thing that would make it hard decision would be how much the sacrifice was she would sacrifice life and limbs in her body be cast into limbo or be made into a soul coin if it meant ending the endless night she wouldn't sacrifice other people just herself so yeah i'd probably take that deal take any deal that helped the people at 10 town survive the endless night uh, offered by someone who doesn't work for oral that would lead to further people suffering with a price of potentially enormous personal con sacrifice I'm more than happy to roll a new character. And like she's like, I'm ready to, I'm ready for my character to make this sacrifice right now. I'm like, hold on, I'm not, not killing Ilda. I'm like, why would I kill Ilda? Like, I, I, I have so many knives to use for Ilda. Like, I'm not gonna get rid of a character, right? Like, the pain isn't over yet. So really interesting stuff. Ilda is in this spot of being between Thrun and Oral, and I really want to play with that, right? I really want to, I really want to use that. So I'm gonna. I'm going to think about that more with the with the trial. So anyway, that's Ilda, right? Who else sent back stuff? I think Candle did, but Candle's not going to be there today. So we're going to, we'll, we'll skip Candle. Uh, and I talked with the player for Shadowhawk, Brian, from who's playing Shadowhawk, and talked about Shadowhawk. And Shadowhawk, I think, is in this weird state of like, does he join the Mind Flayers? Does he go aboard the Idescendant and take off into the Astral Sea? He kind of liked that idea. But the key with a hard choice is it's got to be a hard choice. It can't be like, oh, I definitely would do that. Like if it's an easy choice, then it's not the right choice. The, the sacrifice needs to be made. So I think this idea of like either joining the Mind Flayers or becoming a weapon of House Zolaren, I think is the trial for Shadowhawk, right? Shadowhawk is a drow sorcerer who has a mind flayer symbiote in his head that is slowly turning him into a mind flayer and giving him new mind flayer abilities which the player loves he's like i love these mind flayer abilities i think he's gonna get more Auken Dawncaller is a goliath uh the half brother of ilda a shield master fighter and he so he did not send me any info uh, i'll probably talk to him about it but i think he's got some kind of interesting you know sacrifice the clan for the greater good at 10 town sort of questions i think would be good gore when alcazar i, I want to talk to, to to joe plays gore i'd love to talk to joe more about I, I think he might not be in today's game either about what gore gore is definitely the business front of it so i but i don't want to make this too easy of like oh you have to give up the business in order to save 10 towns but like, what if he has to give up his position completely to save 10 towns? I don't know how that position would, would go there. Maybe he has to like join Oral as a cultist. Cultists, love me some cultists. So Gorwan Alcazar is a trickster and running a big business here. And I think the idea of like giving up his family lineage in order to save 10 towns, can he do it, right? Perrin Fat Rabbit is a conspiracy theorist ranger. And I think a good question for him is, would he be willing to sacrifice his brother who has been turned into a mind flayer in order to like preserve 10 towns, right? That like, what if it turned out they, they, they were gonna be given up? What is the sacrifice he'd be willing to make? And I think him having to give up his brother would be really hardcore. 
So yeah, those are the characters, and that's where we get to the trials. Um, when we get to the mechanics of the trials um, is when it's going to be interesting. Supio says, does he have a business rival? Yeah, so he has a, he has a business rival that he put in prison, right? <laughs> which was Torga of the Torg's merchant company. He, they, he kind of didn't set up evidence, but basically managed to convince people that her group was full of crazy cultists, and they put her in prison for it. And she was too shocked by the fact that her right-hand man had been a Thrun cultist all this time. And she wasn't able to defend herself at the moment. I don't know if that's ever going to come back into play or not. It was kind of funny. So those are the characters. I am thinking for the strong start today, I am thinking for the strong start because I forgot to turn Candle into a zombie that I might... I might roll back a bit and like before they're able to cast uh revivify uh candle turns into a uh, zombie turns into a zombie assassin. I think that would be really and then they have to defeat candle and then they have to cast revivify on him uh to bring him back. But that would be that would be a good one. It would be a quick fight cuz it's you know it's just a single assassin. I'm not I'm not looking to challenge the characters. I'm just I think it would be kind of fun. And it's something that I missed on the the zombie dragon that it turns into a zombie right away. I wish I had done that. Uh, and then travel. Well, yeah. So that's, I think that's a strong start. I think we'll just we'll make our lives easy, right? That's a good one. So scenes, Druid Grove. Like, let's see. Zombie assassin on the icy mountain. Druid's Grove meeting. And then I have an NPC already, the Oni, somewhere in my NPC. Was that half caster? Yes, half caster. Do, do, do. So, Drew's Grove meeting Mellison Halfcaster. Let's find a picture. Let's do Halfling and Fur. I think it would make sense that Halfcaster is a Halfling. I just want to find the right. All these are too jolly. I need one in the icy north. Let's try Halfling Wizard. Man, all the Halfling pictures are like super happy. This one's pretty good. We're going to grab that one. Copy that image. Uh, put it into my... Melisoon Halfcaster. So that's what he appears like. And then let's look at an Oni. I guess we're going to go with a good straight Oni picture. That's what he actually looks like. There we go. So, and and what do we know about Melisoon? Melisoon is an Oni that has been trapped here. Probably did some. Probably did something to to anger Oral. What did he do? Like, why did Oral banish him here? Maybe they don't even remember. It's been so long. He doesn't even remember why he's why he's here. Right? He did something. You know sacrilegious against against oral and has been trapped here and as long as oral lives he is stuck here he knows about the codicil he knows he knows lots of information he's got lots of different secrets and he wants them to you know he he might mention to the fact i think he's going to lead them so the statues this could be a lie right the statues at the statue garden give oral power shatter them and she loses her hold on reality Right, I think he's going to tell them that, but it's a lie. What else does he know? So he knows the big, the big story, right? Which is that the the endless night. I should finish my scenes before I get into secrets. I'll, I'll finish the secret. The endless night was cast from the codicil, but powered by the endless energy of Thrun in the depths of the Netheries city of yeth both the codicil and the sarcophagus of thrun must be dealt with to end the endless night 
I can't spell. Sarcophagus. We're, we're, we're already jumping to secrets. Let's talk about scenes. So they go to the Druid's Grove, and then there could be different paths. They could go to the, the Statue Garden. They could go to the, the Hot Springs. They might make their way to the Effigy Throne. But most likely, they're going to Grimskull. Grimskull Citadel. So, and then we have to figure out Grimskull. So I think part of what we're going to do today is I've, I've read the section on Grimskull, but I need to kind of read it again, just to kind of get it familiarized, get it, get it familiar in my head. Fantastic locations. We have Grimskull Island and then Grimskull itself. And for this, we will go to D&D Beyond, we dismiss, we go to sources, we go to adventures, we go to Farm of the Frostmaiden, we go to Oral's Abode, Grimskull. I grab that and we link it. I will say having the adventures in D&D Beyond when I'm doing my online prep makes it really easy. And like being able to grab artwork from it, being able to grab maps from it, throwing those maps into Owlbear Rodeo, all that kind of stuff makes it on its own. Like I, I, I physically buy the adventures because I like to have them in a book. And in full disclosure, I get the D&D Beyond ones for free but I would still buy them. <laughs> if I was running an adventure, I would buy it, particularly if I'm running online because it's really handy to have it. Now, if you're a Roll20 guy or Roll20 person, I think having it in Roll20 is probably just as good, right? If you if you use Roll20, getting the Roll20 version, but having a digital version of the adventure, whatever format you use it in, if you get it on Fantasy Grounds or you get it on uh, Roll20 uh, or you get it on d Beyond, I find it really handy to have the online one because you can copy and paste text, you can copy and paste images, you can use maps, all that kind of stuff. Really, really handy. Not for everybody. And I know the big complaints about why I have to buy the whole thing twice, but you're really getting different things, right? Like when I get a physical copy of the adventure in a book, I'm getting a physical book and I'm getting one that I read and I know I'll put it on my shelf and I know the rest of my life I'll have that book, right? The online one, I don't know that I'll have it for the rest of my life. I doubt I will have it the rest of my life, but I know that I can use it right now while I'm running my game online. It's my little pitch for having both. Not for everybody. I get it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, say everybody should, they can, they can do what they want. So we have half caster. It's one of the NPCs. Are there any other NPCs here that I think are going to show up? I don't know. We have our location. I guess we'll go back to secrets and then we're going to take a look at, at Grimskull in the, in the thing. So I guess monsters, we have Oni. So what other secrets do we have going on here? Oral flies across the sea of moving ice on her rock named Iskra. Oral walks in three forms. Two of them are here on in Grimskull. I think her icy maiden form and her the, the the big crystalline form are here. And then I think and they can move. All three forms can move across Icewind Dale with ease. Because I think they're they're gonna appear again. What else do we got? The druids, the frost druids. Let's see, Frost Druids and Priests of Oral come to Grimskull to test themselves and become her anointed. Ravison came here two years ago with her sister and became true Frost Druids of Oral after giving up everything else. One, oops, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Two more secrets. What other secrets will they learn while they're here? Grimskull, so I think here, 
Where is the Frost Giant? There we go. Grimskull was constructed for Frost Giant Queen and is filled with the remnants of her reign, including her corpse. Oral has claimed the stronghold to serve her own worldly needs. That is a good secret. I don't know. We'll, we'll keep this last secret in and we're going to take a look at Grimskull Citadel. So I know I, I have a pretty good idea of like what we can do with these three places, but I'm, I'm less confident about the Citadel itself. So let, we're going to, we're going to take a look at the Citadel itself. Here's that icy, the, the, the sculptures, the icy sculptures. So here's Grimskull. We've got a path going up. Let's open up this map in a new window here. Path going up and then a bunch of rooms. They go up and down, right? Yeah. So this is all, this is all good. I think. Then we have the dungeon level. So I don't know how big it is. And where is the, I wonder where the codicil itself is taken. So we have an entrance, we have guard rooms. There's a frost giant warden uh, that is an actual frost giant. So he probably knows. So this is a good one. Ertguard, right? Good NPC. Death, we meet at last. This is very cool. Last member of Vassif Victon's clan and eager to die honorably he's been here for centuries right that's very cool he knows things that's all good there was a fair bit of fair, fair bit of treasury it might be fun to throw an alchemy jug a jug here i need to throw in that so treasure wise something that i've been meaning to drop in i actually i think we we had it last week so i'm gonna look at last week's note notes whoops that's not right poop old session do 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 the Ild Rune. No, not the Ild Rune. So I gave away the Ild Rune. That, that was something. But the other one was, there was that sorcerer object that was in Tasha's. Let's open a new window. Yeah, there's, there's a shard. Let's see. Feywild Astral Elemental Far Realm Shard, I think is the one I want to get. What is an Outer Essence? Let's just take a look at these other ones. Oops. So I could give away any of these three. This one does like a crazy tentacle thing, right? Slimy Tangle, rip through the fabric, strike one creature. The creature must succeed. When you use a metamagic option, charisma saving throw against your spell DC, take 3d6 psychic damage, become frightened. Pretty cool. Outer Essence Shard. This looks like chaos, right? Use a shard to spellcasting focus, roll 1d4, and consult the Outer Essence to determine which of the shards, essence, and property when you use a magic, magic option while holding, use that property. So evil, target creature takes damage from the spell, target takes an extra 3d6 necrotic. That's pretty straight. Chaotic, choose one creature, take spell damage, the target has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks made until, okay, that's kind of interesting. One creature. So anytime you use, yeah. And then there's a couple good ones. We don't want that. So that could be interesting. This is Shadowfell Shard. You curse a target. One ability score and index or disadvantage on ability checks and saving throws. Use them. Nah. Okay. So that one's boring. It could be an evil one that you know, it could do extra necrotic damage. That's always nice. Who doesn't like that? It could be, or this other one does 3d6 psychic damage. I think this is better because this fits uh, this fits Mind Flayer stuff. So I think we're going to do a Far Realm shard. Oops. That's specifically for Shadow because it's only a sorcerer. Okay. Let's see. Let's go back here. So cancel. Let's see. Stop the search. So that, that's cool. Nice NPC. The Ruined Kitchen. Feast Hall. Mephits, Mephit swarms could be con could be fun. Created by Oral. Stairs down. Throne room. Once belonged to Vasa Victon. Icicle piercer icicles. That's cool. Queen's bedchamber. So we say that the that that she is here. I'm you know the, they I'm gonna put Oral wherever I want to put her, and I don't think she is going to be here. 
I think she's going to come out once they get the codicil. I think they might actually have to fight two of the three forms of oral. I'm not sure. They might have some hard fights ahead of them because I'm thinking of putting the heart, the 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 mother crystal, in in with the codicil. Like that, there's a there's a form of oral that's always with the codicil. Might be kind of neat. I don't know. We'll see. But the idea she found her bedroom. Come on, what? she's sitting there reading a book on the rooftop. Is the rock? If they go to the rooftop, they'll have to face a rock. Cool treasure there. We could we could do a random treasure, uh, random treasure hoard. Let's do a random treasure hoard. Treasure, and we'll do a five to ten. Didn't we? I think we were talking about a bag of beans before. But this is pretty good. I like I like this pile of loot here. There we go. Do we want a relic? Let's drop a relic in here. Carved clockwork of carved clockwork of helm that casts glyph of warding. Mm, that could be neat. Clone glyph of warding dream identify spider climb plant growth suggestion alter self spider climb boring. Let's try another. Longstrider or vitality enlarge reduce magic missile planar binding sleet storm old jewelry box of mill mill that's kind of cool maybe that's in the the frost giants it's freezing this jeweled box and it's freezing and if they open it up it creates a sleet storm that could be kind of neat so I got that all right let's go back and look look some more at so the rock is up top uh, an ice rink walrus as big as an elephant is time sliding that could be fun awakened giant walrus and it knows things i wonder why it's here I'll probably met so ukuma is the npc probably the first creature by ravison right that could be fun ice rinks tomb another tomb right and then we have skeletal guards more frost giant skeletons that could be fun the vasavictan's tomb what weapon is yeah, the anchor is an awesome chained weapon. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's probably a good one. Another another item for I think I just gave away like a really good sword. Let's see what Auken's weapon is. Let's take a look at Auken here. He has a plus one battle axe. What if we had a better Vasa Victon's battle axe? Right? And it did something else. I think his axe already does something else, but I can't remember what. Let's see if he maybe wrote it in the notes. He did not. I'm glad he didn't write, I really hate Mike's game in his notes. That would be bad. But I think a, I think a Vasa Victon's, is there any kind of normal, powerful battle axe? Let's take a look. Fane Eater. Oh, that's the one that's Arkham's hue. No, not really. A plus two, his character doesn't do a lot of damage. So I, don't, I think giving him a plus two battle axe would be pretty good. Plus two. And we want to give it an ability. What would be a cool ability for this? We'll go back to that. Go back to the relics. What can it cast? Spirit Guardians? Be, no. It'll be a cool. What's a cool effect that a frost giant battle axe would have on it? Obviously, a frosty thing would be would be most spells. Armor of Agathis. That'd be fun. It takes an action to cast it, and it lasts one hour. And maybe Armor of Agathis at second level. So it can do 10 temporary hit points and somebody that hits you takes 10 damage. What are some other? That might be one. Whoops. Oh, no, spell. Ice Storm, Ice Knife, Wall of Ice. I don't want items. I just want spells. Freezing Sphere. Sleet Storm. Oh, yeah, Frost Shield. That's pretty good. A Fire Shield that does Frost. He already has protection, so it doesn't really help him there. That was, that was Ice Storm. Whoops. 300 feet, a dex save, 20 foot high, creature TDA bludgeoning, 46 coal. 
That might not be bad. You could do you could do ice storm ice storm once a day. That's pretty good. And he he could use a really good, you know, he could use a good weapon. I think I might get rid of this jewelry box then because it's the same thing. Yeah, I think that that would be cool. Like once per day, you can cast ice storm. Is that is that broken? I mean, it's a it's a more powerful spell than any of the spellcasters can cast. But it's ice storm. It's not a great spell to begin with. I think that's okay. And so many things are resistant to cold. It, it fits thematically. I think we're good with that. All right, let's go back. Keep keep looking. Keep keep going through this. So Vasavictin's axe, the test, and then, then then here are the tests, right? And and the tests are what I, you know, are where I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna wing them, but I'm gonna wing them based on that that stuff I've seen. But I don't like the tests the way they are. And then you have the entrance to the vault. Oh, and then frost giant, you know, frost druids show up. Yay, frost druids. The chamber of the codicil. I am thinking that. Oral's first form, that Oral's first form is inside the chamber with the codicil, right? It, it's protecting the codicil. And I think they might have to face the first, or not the first form, third form. Let's take a look at Oral. Creatures. So the first form is the Alberry form. The second form is the, uh, the maiden thing, right? Third form is the crystal. So the crystal is 18, 19, 136 hit points. Legendary resistance. Polar ray twice. Plus 13 to hit. Magical blizzard. Can use polar rays. Man, that thing does. Oh, it's 14 damage, so it's not a ton. Intensify aura. Frigid aura. So long as Oral has at least one hit point in this form, that each creature within 10 feet of her takes 10 cold damage. And it gets bigger, right? An extra 10 cold damage. It probably get bigger, too. Blinding gleam. Form flares of blue light. Each creature that can see orals within 10 feet must succeed. DC 17 wizard red blinded. Blinded creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of its turns. So I think they might have to face this form inside the chamber of the codicil. Would oral use the codicil versus the player? So I think we're going we're gonna to grab this link here. And we're going to stick it. I think it'd be fun. What does the Codicil do? Let's go back and find out. Codicil the white. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Cold to the touch. Blah, blah, blah. Re creature with Codicil in possession is resist to cold damage. Blah, 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 blah. Codicil is written by followers of Oral Primer and her worship. First page is the title page. So the self symbol. There isn't really, it doesn't really do anything. So it can't really be used against them. I think her own powers do, right? So, yes. I think, I think that is... Yeah, I think it's just a story. I think it's just a story unlocking MacGuffin, which is perfectly fine. I think it's got the spell to create the Endless Night in it, and you can use that to, to channel energy and shut down the Endless Night. If you do so, it sort of unleashes the energy from Thrun, which could be kind of add a sense of urgency, right? Like maybe that's a secret, right? The, the Codicil of the White can be used to shut down the Endless Night. But to doing so unleashes Thrun's power and reopens the portal to its realm. Paren, which is bad. So I think, let's see, I got my marching order here. It's pretty good. Like, you know, I feel pretty confident about the game today. I think it'll be fine. I feel like I got what I need. I feel like I got interesting stuff. Running, running Grimskull, I think will be fine. The only tricky bit is going to be running those, running the tests, running the trials, right? And I think I have a page, I think, where I put down the trials. Yeah, the trials of Oral. So we'll link to that page under scenes. And if let's take a look at those. All right, trials of the frost giant, the frost druids. 
Only way. So, would Shadowhawk rather become a weapon for House Solaren or become a Mind Flayer? Might be his his trial, right? Ilda finds herself with Knights of Black Sword. She wants, you know, I think the hard bit, maybe better than that, right? We'll, we'll keep this one, but I think better might be, is she willing to sacrifice her own new clan of Goliaths to save the rest of Icewind Dale? I think that's the real sacrifice, right? Like she, she, you know, we want to make it hard, right? And the hard part is, you know, we know she'd sacrifice herself. That ain't the option. She has to sacrifice the the worm doom crag, right, to save the rest of Ice and Dale. Is she willing to do that? So I think he has to sacrifice his family name. Gore has to sacrifice his family name and become become a a frost druid and become an, an acolyte of Oral to save Ten Towns. Would he do it? And I think like Torga might be there just to torment him. Auken, I think, might have to do the same thing. Can he slay his own father? He finds out his father was murdered, right? By Ilda's father. What was his name? Damn. Got so many NPCs. Eamon, right? So we, we'll, we'll learn we'll learn that. Brother becoming one of the connected mind flayers, choose to let him go. I think that's pretty good. So I think I th I'm pretty happy with these you know, hard choices, like which characters are going to commit the trials and what the trial, and I'm going to have to wing it a little bit, but I'm pretty good at thinking on my feet with this stuff. So I can get rid of these. So whichever character picks whichever trial, I will be able to yank on these themes and still yank on their, on the knives that they've so willingly given me to run the trial. So yeah, I think we're good. I think we're okay there. I think we are all set for today. I got some fun things going on. Oh, and so one other fun thing is when they're done with Grimskull and they're like, yay, we finished that. Oh, yay, we're good. Let's go back to Icewind Dale. They're going to find Icewind Dale on fire and like three of the towns destroyed because the weapon of the um, Duergar has been sent out. So that is going to be a big fun thing to do then. Cool, cool things, cool things. We're, we're on the downward path of this adventure, right? We're doing all the big things. Although I'll tell you, I've, I read it I, uh, this past week. I was looking at it and... The Caves of Hunger and Yethrin section is going to be really big. So we could spend a lot of time in that part of the adventure, I think. But I think for this group, we're not going to bother with Sunblight Citadel. I did run it for my other my other group. They actually went to Sunblight to Sunblight Citadel and faced off against Zardarok Sunblight at the fortress. Uh, and then had to go, and now in their game, they're just about to face the Shardalon Dragon, which I'm not going to use the stat block for the Shardalon Dragon in the book. I'm going to use a an adult dragon, one of the adult chromatic dragons, and reskin it because I think those stat blocks are better. So anyway, we'll talk about that more when we get to that part of the adventure, but that's a little bit ways to come. So I want to thank everybody for coming today. If you enjoyed the show today, you can help me out in five different ways. One, you can support the Lazy DMs Companion Kickstarter. Check it out. The links are below. Two, you can support me directly on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Flourish and becoming a patron. Three, you can join the Sly Flourish newsletter. Four, you can subscribe to my videos on YouTube. Uh, or five, you can pick up any of my books, uh, including the three adventure books, Fantastic Layers, Fantastic Adventures, or Ruins of the Grendelroot. Thank you very much for coming today. Appreciate having everybody hanging out during the Twitch show. And we will see you next week. And get out there and play some D&D.